0: Public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Lose Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hola damas y caballeros and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lose Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news and game trends at bet online. with live betting options, free contests and live scores from almost for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events you head on over to the website today or if you use your mobile device to join and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, make sure to use our promo code, which is believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. I'm really excited about this episode because we have the World Baseball Classic coverage starting right here. We, we've talked about it a bunch. We've We've gone on about it a bunch. And our guest is also hyped up about it. And our guest this week is Benji Gill, who is the manager for the Mexican national team, baseball national team, that is. And uh, he stops by. We talk all things shop as far as the tentative roster, because obviously the real roster isn't out yet. What that's looking like, how some of the guys even joined. Uh, if you haven't heard some of the names that are out there, we go about over. Uh, I'm sorry, we go over some of that as well. And uh, and we even dive into a a little talk about some unicorns. If you listen, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, So without further ado, here is this week's guest, the Mexican national team manager, Benji Gill. And stopping by the carnesada for a few minutes to discuss something that we've all talked about here, and it's actually happening, Juan. uh, The WBC, uh, El Director... Well, the, well, I don't even know what the Spanish term is for it, if I'm being honest with you, because there's the, la directiva técnica, like for the Mexican soccer team. I don't know what it is for for uh, baseball, so we'll find out. But the manager yeah. of uh, the Mexican national team. Man- <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: to say it with an accent. Hey.
0: El manager. El manager. Juan, you have to give No te pases. <laughs> manager, <laughs> El manager de la selección mexicana, uh, Benji Gill, also an Angels coach. Benji, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me, man. It's a uh, it's a great pleasure to be here with you guys and uh, uh, talk about the team. I'm excited, uh, and uh, the fans know. Uh, any any questions that you guys may have to better fill in uh, uh, the fans as we approach?
0: Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. Uh, obviously, the rosters are tentative, so nothing you know is is confirmed or anything. But there's been some names out there, obviously for this particular fan base that follows this podcast, Julio Diaz. Uh, who's also been you know assumptively dubbed the uh, the captain of the team uh but I feel like the team the you know the, the tentative roster is pretty deep you know I feel like this is gonna be a really good tournament because obviously the Dominicans have thrown the kitchen sink at everyone Puerto Ricans are throwing the kitchen sink at everyone the Americans but also so are the Mexicans uh I, I wanted to ask you how do you feel about the depth of the pool that you have right now kind of as you as you sort out the roster
2: it's 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 a very deep pool, man. Um obviously the the pool that maybe is getting more attention as far as strength is uh where the Dominican, Venezuela, and Puerto Rico uh are in in, in the Miami pool. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh Colombia is is a hell of a team. Uh the Canadian team is a very good team. The US, I mean, we all know it's 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 a uh, roster filled with a bunch of all-stars and and mvps um so um i i believe that our team um is a very very strong team um i like our possibilities to uh advance to miami um i i think to um the fan that's a true fan and and that follows baseball um, uh, intensely knows how uh, good our team is. For the casual fan, um, I don't think they're going to see us as, as being that strong because I'll tell you what, if, if you look at our roster, and uh, to be honest, with you, even, even before the season, before this past season, it probably doesn't look like that strong a roster. If you look at our roster two years ago, it's like who what well where does that guy play you know um uh, and and i can give you name after name after name that they're surging in the last year or two that have really come to the to the to the forefront of being good major league players um isaac parez this past year hit 20 home runs you know, two years ago, he or last year, he played in the big leagues very, very little. Um, and he made it to the big leagues, uh, two years ago, and and same thing, didn't, or I think maybe the um, COVID year, um, he made it to the big leagues and didn't play, uh, much. Um, it was just a, a, a cup of coffee. Um, but in 20 and 21, he he didn't play very much. This last year, he had gone to the big leagues, and right after he got to because he actually got traded to Tampa is where he really got an opportunity to, to play and show what he could do and ends up hitting uh, 20 bombs and not a full season. Um Aros arena um two years ago, or, or I want to say three years of that same COVID year, uh he gets called up and then he made an impact uh, um with Tampa uh, during the postseason. And last year he was the rookie of the year. Alejandro Kirk, you know same same type deal got to the big leagues two years ago last year he played some and this year he wins the silver slugger he's the starting catcher for the all-star team um you know the urias brothers uh urias a year ago hits 20 home runs um both of them hit over 10 home runs this year uh, ramon wins a gold glove at third um you know so it's it's that. alex verdugo we, we known a uh, about for, for in uh, I believe late July. Um, and then, uh, or right after the the deadline, actually, actually a few days after the trade, uh, Soto and, and, uh, Bell, uh, Josh Bell going to San Diego, he gets called up and, and he was one of the better offensive players in, in, in baseball the last two months. So, um, three months ago or, or, you know, at the beginning of the season, nobody really thought of him as even, a guy that might get to the big leagues and ends up being one of the better hitters in, in the last two months. So um, I think, like I said, I, I, there's, there's some, there's, there's quite a bit of depth. Um, Alec Thomas uh, is probably going to be a part of the outfield. Uh, he made his major league debut and had a pretty good year and, and, and this is really solid defense. Uh, uh, Alan Trejo, uh, obviously Rowdy Tate, as people know for, for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's and the pitching. Well, I mean, we know Mex- Mexico always has great pitching. I mean, Julio Julio's probably, I believe, the probably the best left hander in the major leagues the last two years combined. So, um, uh, people can try and argue with me and and say, well, you know, the win isn't isn't as important as it used to be uh, for a pitcher. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what you're paid to do is win ball games, and if you're out there uh, winning games games and, and pitching into the fifth, sixth inning and, and giving your team the lead, um, that still should mean something.
0: Absolutely. I mean we had that argument about and listen, no disrespect to Sandy Alcántara, that's a bad dude. But uh, But Julio Diaz yeah. was was a uh, there's no other way to put it was was slided for that award. But that's a conversation for another day. Um I, I there's a preliminary name I wanted to ask you about that kind of caught me by surprise. I, I didn't even know uh, uh, he was, uh, in, in the pool for you guys, Taiwan Walker, how can, can you tell us how that came mm-hmm. about?
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I had heard that he was, that his, his mom's side is, is Mexican, right? Um, I had heard this a while back. Um, and then, uh, it became, I think more public, uh, in September, when there was the Hispanic month in in, in the big leagues. And he took a picture in Mets uniform with the Mexican flag in the background. Um, uh, I think any other year, I think it would have maybe been a little more overlooked. But being that it's uh, uh, the last month of baseball played in the big leagues before the WBC, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, a lot of people, a lot of people were like, wow, he's Mexican. Okay, wonder if he's going to play for the Mexican national team. But, um, once there was conversations with him about getting documentation and all that stuff that has stuff that has to happen. Um, he, he's to be very excited to represent, um, you know, his, his mother's side of, of, of the family.
1: Benji, um, uh- for the first time I, I that I can remember since this tournament started, I feel there is palpable excitement. And I think it's measured in a couple of ways. One, the number of major leaguers that have committed to play for their respective countries. And then recently, I went to try to get tickets for the Mexico versus the United States game. And I can't buy, there aren't any tickets available on the website. I'm going to have to go through StubHub to try to get, that seems to be a very hot ticket in in Arizona. I know this is a high measuring stick. I I, I know it's a high measuring stick because the World Cup el Mundial has been around for a really long time. But the Mundial is, is very, very popular. Do you sense that maybe the tide is turning with this World Baseball Classic? And that it, we're gonna, people, fans will start taking it seriously.
2: I think so. Um, I don't think we're close to competing with the soccer world cup, but I think the baseball WBC is headed in in the right direction. Um, the growth of the game, uh, worldwide has continued to grow. And I think that was the main reason for, um, you know, uh, doing the WBC, I remember talks when, when, when in, in the late nineties, uh, when it was kind of coming to fruition, uh, with, uh, commissioner Selig, uh, saying that, that that was, uh, it was to grow the game globally. Um, and, uh, I think they've, they've accomplished that. Um, and now there's the countries are, are, you know, before if you wanted to say there was really like a, a rivalry as far as countries in baseball, um, I would have to say it was Dominican and, and Puerto Rico from Caribbean series. Um, but now uh, we're seeing that there are rivalries uh, more, more than just those two countries. Now uh, there's a rivalry, us Mexico uh, against the U S for having beat them the, the that first uh, WBC in 06. And then one other time, um, I believe it was in uh, 13 or 13, and yeah, I believe it was 13 or, or nine. Um, and then uh, obviously, you know, we had the, the brawl with, with Canada um, another year, which that, that leads to a little bit of a rivalry. And uh, but then there's rivalries between Korea and Japan now um, because of the WBC, and you know, and the Netherlands has their rivalry. So it, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of interest within the players um but like you said i mean that that game i remember that games, the two games we played against the u.s in 06 and there was quite a few fans when we played them at uh uh at chase field which used to be the bob right and uh and then it was pretty close to full at uh angel stadium um mm-hmm. when we played the u.s and 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 we able to beat them and 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 uh, not allow them to continue on to the semifinals. But uh, this game is 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 grown to be bigger than the previous classics. And I don't know if it's because it's been such a gap, right? There's been six years because of COVID. Um, but then maybe the anticipation, right, I think has a little bit to do with it. But also, I mean, uh, uh, there's... The TV contract, there's been a bit of you know, social media also obviously has a lot to do with it as well. Um, but um I think it's 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 gonna be a, a, a tremendous atmosphere. Um the some some of the players uh that haven't played like Winter Ball and and it this is gonna be the closest thing that some of these guys are gonna experience outside of playing in a postseason. Um, even for guys that are in the big leagues and haven't played in the postseason. Um, this is going to, this is, that's going to be a huge game. Um, you know, God willing for us, knock on wood, hopefully we're three, and zero um, when we go to the Canada game. But if, if the Canada game is to see who moves on, that's going to be a, 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 big time playoff atmosphere as well. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a great experience for, for the players and, and, and to get them ready for, for the season outside of, like I said, outside of postseason and maybe, uh, opening day. Uh, which opening day is always every year, but um, this is this is going to be really, really exciting.
1: So you already set the storyline. We had Cochito Cruz on, on the show, and we talked mm-hmm. about that Bra con, con esos cochinos de los canadienses, <laughs> con, la, <laughs> sí, con la, uh, la bronca que teníamos, uh, Cochito explained it to us. But, I mean, those kind of storylines are great for for baseball. If yeah. you guys are 3 and 0 and that game against the Canadians ends up being that much more important. But you and you had coached the the Mexican team in the Olympics. What is the difference? Is mm-hmm. there a difference in approach in terms of how you uh, coached in the Olympics as opposed to how you're going to deal with coaching in the Classic?
2: Yeah, much different, right? Um the, the- Olympics, um, for one, the rosters are completely different, right? I mean, there might be two or three guys. Um, the U.S. team probably has no that was on Olympics. Com- the Dominican probably has one maybe. Well, Julio uh, Rodriguez is probably the only guy that was on that team in the Olympics and will be on, on, on the WBC team. Uh, in our case, it might be one, maybe two, but I don't see it being more than two or three, I would say. Um, so, and that tournament was, you played two games and then they kind of re-bracketed you and then it was the nation and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You're in an Olympic village. Uh, um, you're playing obviously, uh, far away from home, which with being in, in, in Arizona, um, Personally, I, it, it's going to probably feel like a home game in every game for us um, with the amount of fans that are going to be and the amount of Mexican fans that live in Arizona and, you know, plus all the other ones that are, um, you know, traveling to to go and support uh, our team. Um, so I, in Miami, I don't know how, how, how uh, accurate that'll be, but in Arizona, for sure, I think we're going to, it's going to feel like a like a home game um the other three games and and i expect the game against the u.s to be very very close to split down the middle
1: and, and for our listeners or our viewers who haven't been to a world baseball classic game i am telling you you have to go i went to the semifinal game between the japanese and the and the americans the Japanese had a whole like drum section out in the Palenque in left field. <laughs> and it was, it was fabulous. It was awesome. You felt that energy. Like they, it was nonstop in the championship game. The freaking Puerto Ricanos took over Dodger stadium, like in the concession stands, they were dancing. It was like, they had music. It was a party. The atmosphere in this make, please make every effort possible to get to Phoenix, and either support the United States or, or support the uh, team Mexico, because I, I think this I'm, I'm a big fan of this tournament and I want to see this tournament succeed because I think it's good for baseball. We talk about growing the game. I I want baseball to continue. And, and, and the fact that we have players from all over the world coming to play major league baseball is good for the product. and And that's what we all want to see. We all want to see good baseball. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, it's, it's, it's great for the game. Uh, it's great for the fans. Um, it's great for the growth and for the popularity of, of, of the game, right? Uh, not just in our country, but in, in, in around the world. Um, it's, I, I've, People have asked me, like, okay, well, how would you compare it? Um, well, you know, obviously there's great fans of, of a lot of teams, right? Dodgers have a great fan base. The Yankees, the Red Sox, Cubs, Cardinals—you know, every team has their fan base. Some are, are, are more traditional, maybe, or, or bigger because they've been around longer. Um, but when you're playing for your country, it's, it's a little bit different. It's it's kind of like a Ryder Cup, right? It's like doing a Ryder Cup in golf, or uh, like. But Maybe we in the U.S. don't get to appreciate what the World Cup means to everybody because we have the three major sports that are always going on at one time or another, right? Um, So, but, you know, like when soccer is being played, the World Cup is being played in most of the other countries in the world. When their team plays, that country stops. Um, I don't think we're there yet. Um, but to know that, you know, a game in the first round, uh, between the U S and Mexico is a sellout. Um, and that stadium, I, I think that stadium could be an 80,000 seat stadium and it would be, if not full, close to full. So, um, it shows that there's great interest, uh, in, in the tournament, in the event and in obviously both optional teams.
0: For a few more minutes here, Benji Gill, the uh, manager of the Mexican national team that'll be in the 2023 WBC here in a few weeks. Also, that's wild that we're already a few weeks away from uh, from that tournament starting. Uh, I wanted to ask you one thing, because I- I'm always curious when it comes to a tournament like this, because like, you think of the All-Star game, right, and how the coaches are picked for the All-Star game. Uh, and and it's not that the All-Star game isn't a meaningless game, But in all reality, you don't really need those coaches there for the All-Star game, right? Whereas for the WBC, you're talking of the national team going out and doing work as a team to compete in the biggest tournament that they have. Uh, Obviously, Vinny Castillo is a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer as far as as a guy to pick his brain on, on hitting and fielding and all that. But I wanted to ask you, how did you go about picking the rest of your staff for the WBC, especially since you have a lot of young guys that are in the show, that are not in the show, but this like you were talking about the talented pool, because obviously you want these guys to grow and to be their best. So how were you able to kind of get that squad set up?
2: Yeah, so uh, Rodrigo Lopez, the GM, uh, and uh, Jorge Campillo and and myself, we sat down and we talked about uh, we wanted guys or the staff, the coaching staff, to be guys that have either – Coached in the major leagues, played in the major leagues, and understand um, what this event means, right? And has the experience and the knowledge and 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 access to information to best prepare um, our our players for each each particular game. Um, so, um, Vinny, um, I decided to, uh, and 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 Rodrigo, all three of us decided that that was great uh uh person have as a bench coach he's managed in the wbc as well um and obviously he's involved with the rockies um at, at as an assistant gm um the hitting guys are bobby Mayanis who's one of the hitting coaches for the braves um who won the world series a year ago um jacob cruz who's been at the big league level with milwaukee um and it just so happens that he's worked with Urias and with uh and taylor and he's worked with uh rowdy so uh their that familiarity is is good um and then ever Mayanis, who's uh used to be with the white Sox, he's now with the angels at the minor league level he's a minor league manager but he's coached in the big leagues and he's also coached in previous wbc's along with with bobby um tony perez chica Who's a great third base for the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, and then first base coach is uh, Gil Velasquez, who's uh, managed in tri- in Triple A with the uh, uh, Diamondbacks uh, for a while, and he's had great success there. So um, very competent uh, coaching staff on the pitching side. We have uh, Elmer Desens, who pitched in, I, if I'm not mistaken, I know at least the know f- the first three wbc's uh i don't think he pitched in in the last one but the first three i think uh 06, 09, and 13 i think he still pitched as well i could be wrong but he pitched in two of them but pitched in the big leagues for over 10 years um been uh uh with cincinnati he's been a, a coach in in their uh organization for i don't know eight years something like that and now he recently went over this is his first year that he's going to be with the angels uh, and then Horacio Ramirez, who's uh, also pitched in the big leagues, has pitched in WBC. And uh, so everybody understands uh, what it is to play and in, in, or have coached in this event and you know, how much it means. And, 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 and I, I, one of the things that was so important is I want – when there's conversations, not just me talking to the team, when there's individual conversations with the coaches – I want the coaches to be excited and for the players to see the excitement and the coaches and the pride and the responsibility that we have to do well and to help grow the game within mexico. So um, I, I'm extremely excited with with not just our roster, but with our coaching staff is is, uh, you know, uh, second to none I, I i because of as far as, having been a part of this event, um, I think it's really important.
0: Absolutely. No. And I think with perfect segue into my next question, because I feel like the talent pool in Mexico, not just for this, but just in general, kind of to a certain degree, gets overlooked a little bit, right? Cause there's guys down there. There's dudes, our good friend, Rafael Arroyo, former uh, Mets bullpen coach. I, I'm pretty sure you know him too. Uh, or bullpen catcher. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now rocks. Works, uh, yeah. Rocks rocks. That guy uh he, i mean he talks about it all the time man they need to get they need to get the guys down here to to check out the talent pool all this you know all that and i agree right cuz there's i mean you've seen it firsthand beat with your time with los tomateros con los mariachis yep. you know there, there's dudes down there what what do you think it's going to take to get scouts to get down there to see that talent pool because you get guys obviously like urias but you're talking about the urias brothers that are currently there rowdy theys i mean these are these are dudes they aren't just guys that just kind of accidentally fell into someone's lap or went the Cuban route like Randy Arrozarena and and Yasser estos vatos pueden jugar.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a couple of examples that I think are 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 great for for Mexico and Mexico baseball. Um, Joey Meneses. Um, 10 years in the minor leagues. Um me- maybe he didn't get the best opportunities. I think when he was Atlanta, he hadn't flourished. Um, uh, I think he's he's been a way different hitter player um, after he's 25 than before he was 25. Um, so, put it this way, but if he was a guy that had been, went to college, uh, um, he would have been like, somewhat of a prospect still at 24 25 when he started really to flourish um and he kind of was lost in the shuffle and all of a sudden if if, if you guys uh remember and if you didn't know um i think in it might have been 19 and 19 i think if i'm not mistaken 18 or 19. i mean he he almost won the triple crown in the international league he was the the triple a mvp in the international league um and didn't even get called up and then i think he went to japan uh, there was a situation over there. But after that, I mean, he, he'd come and play for me in winter Bowl and, and do great. And I remember him being, like, frustrated that he couldn't almost couldn't get a job. Um, and I remember when people would ask me, I'm like, hey, this guy can hit. He can really, really hit. And they're like, well, you know, how do you think that he'll do? I'm like, I know he's going to hit in the big leagues. Um, because when he would face guys that were, like, closers, whether they were Mexican or, or American or Dominican or whatever in Mexico, what I'm talking about is the high velo guys. Um, he'd do great against them. Uh, he was awesome. I'm like, the other thing is, i say the fields in Mexico, uh, especially in winter ball, are way bigger than the fields in the big leagues. And the ball is not as live in winter ball as it is in the big leagues. And he's going to face more guys that he's comfortable hitting, you know, the high velo guys. Um, he's going to feel more comfortable hitting those guys than, you know, the thumb or the guy that just kind of, and, and the zone, not only that, but also the zone is wider in Mexico than it is in the big leagues. So I'm like, there's a lot of things that are going to lead to him being able to, you know, have some, some success at the big league level. I'm not, I didn't think he'd do as great as he did. I'd be, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I tell you, Oh, I knew he was going to do that. Um, but I also know that I see balls that he would hit in winter ball and they're out field or right center or left center. And I'm like, man, those balls, 70% of the stadiums in the big leagues are home runs. If not 90% of the stadiums. And, uh, you know, luckily, uh you know we got to see that so maybe guys that have success in in winter ball uh or in mexico be like hey you know what this might be a case like jody um uh, as another case is like uh, ramon urias he played in mexico in in the summer league before he actually he wasn't a um a free agent signed that was real young because most guys sign when they're 16, 17, 18, right? And don't really play in Mexico. They just sign and they go play and start playing, uh, um, you know, whether it's rookie ball or A ball and so on and so forth, right? That's usually the way it goes. Um, But when you have guys like, like these two cases where they play in Mexico, then sign and are able to be successful at the major league level, it's like, hey, maybe there's more players like Joey and more players like Ramon Urias that are doing well in Mexico that can translate to be successful at the big league level. So, um, and again, this tournament is going to help that out because I'll give you an example. If, if all of a sudden we're playing um, uh, for, for, for the, the trophy, um, I think it would be on the 21st, if I'm not mistaken, 23rd, 21st uh in miami it'd be like wow you know mexico is is a power it's 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 a, a, a a power in baseball and uh that's that's what our goal is uh to have people say that um by accomplishing things in this tournament and opening doors
1: for future players in mexico Here I'm mute, Alonzo.
0: Sorry, I, I I got trigger happy there. That's my bad. Uh, I think that's important though because a lot of people just associate the Mexican League with either La Serie del Caribe, which is a very important series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's kind of looked at yep. like a, a secondary series, if you will or eastbound and down. Like, those are the two things that you think of, right, when you think of Mexican, uh, the Mexican League. Um, Kenny Powder! Hey, ese vato. By the way, man. great show. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Watch it. Uh, shout out to Kenny Powers. But, um, but I mean, there's yeah. – yes. as I look at the – granted, we have to preface this. It's a very important. The tentative roster that, that you guys are working with, obviously the official doesn't go in for a minute, uh, is stacked, right? And I think, and to your point – I think this is the best roster that Mexico has put together potentially ever in the history of this tournament. And that's no disrespect to the previous guys because there's there's guys on those teams, right? Cochita Cruz, Alfredo Mezaga, you know, Aegon, you know, guys like that. But, I mean, this – and these are guys that are potentially going to be legitimately good Major League Baseball players.
2: I, I totally agree. Um, there's been a lot of comparisons, right? to the the 2016 um i I don't want to disrespect anybody right but i think the two best teams This is going to be the fifth edition and i think the first one and this one are the two best teams that mexico has been able to put on the field um that first vinny was already an established star um uh, had already won 20 games um in the big leagues uh and 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 probably should have won the Cy Young. Uh, I think it was, uh, if Oh, four. I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, you know, pitched in an all-star game, uh, stuff like that. Uh, the, the other, the, uh, we had Durazo had already won a world series and, and was, you know, a, a good offensive player at the big league level. Uh, Adrian, uh, was coming into his own. Jorge Cantu was a very good offensive player. So, um, you know, guys that were putting up numbers and doing some things. Uh, We had some guys that had played in the big leagues that were established players in the big leagues. Um, I think if you look at the raw, especially, especially the position players uh, guys had more time in the big leagues. Um, It was a more veteran team than this one. Um, I'll tell you what uh, I think we're going to do really good. Um, I hope I would, love to be able to say that I'm going to be a part of the next edition, uh, whether it's in three years or in four years. That team in three or four years is going to be, I believe, the the best team ever for Mexico because these guys that we're talking about that, like we mentioned, a year ago, two years ago, most people didn't even know who they were. They're going to be established big league players. They're going to be contributors on uh, to good teams. Um, I think you know uh Baltimore would tell you right now that if it was you know if I'm not going to say that he was their MVP but he was a very very good productive player and a big reason why Baltimore um was contending to to be a postseason team you know same thing could be for Urias. uh Luis last year um uh I mean Joey's one of the most marketable players for for uh the Nationals since since Soto left, um, Urias—I mean, you know—he's—he's uh, Julio's—you know—he's the ace of, of the Dodgers now. Um, Kershaw is continues to be an awesome pitcher, but the ace is is, is Julio, right? Uh, even when they had Bueller over the last few years, he's he's for sure is their ace. So, I mean, it's 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 a great team. I mean, it's 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 a, it's right now it looks like a really good team. In two, three years you're gonna be like, man, that team had this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. Um, you know, because right now they're they're just young. They have they don't have a lot of time in the big leagues. It's like um, you know, like any and very few guys are stars right from the day they get to the big leagues. They 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 kind of build themselves into that. And I think uh, you know, like you said, I mean uh, Alejandro Kirk is a guy that now you have to say is a a, a you know, at his age. He could be a perennial All Star. So hell, he might. You know, right now he has one, but we might be talking about the the sorry the the WBC in four years. And you say, hey, well, he's a five time All Star and he has three Silver Sluggers and a Gold Glove. I mean, now he might be talking about just the best catcher in all of baseball. You know, so uh, with 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 a bunch of credentials. So I, I think we have those type guys. I think you know guys like Randy Rosarena could be guys that that battle for silver sluggers and 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 MVP you know type players and that's that's what we have in on this roster
0: No absolutely and uh, and before I throw to Juanito I uh, I have to point out we've buried the lead in all of this one we haven't really had to talk about Julio Diaz because that's how good this team is and let me get in the, as as a Mexican that makes me incredibly excited because obviously it could just be all Julio all the time but, you know, kind of like with Argentina, right, the, the Argentinian uh, soccer team, Puro Messi, Puro Messi, Puro Messi, right? And they have guys. And then you look at this roster, yep. Julio Rias, pero tienen a todos estos otros that are good. Haven't even talked about Roberto Osuna, right? Yep. You haven't even really gone into those guys that, that are established, legit, you know, legit guys. And that makes me very excited. Go ahead, Juanito.
1: Well, Benji, I wanted to ask you, a lot of times when people bring up the World Baseball Classic, it's always like, before people wouldn't commit because there was a fear of getting hurt, and I always would hear, well, when do you play it? If you play it at the end of the season, a lot of players aren't going to want to play it because they're done playing baseball. If you play it in the middle of the season, no one's going to do that. you got the All-Star game. If you do it at the beginning of the season, people are getting ready for the season. They they're not going to want to do it because of fear of getting hurt. Is there a right time to play this game? And do you think eventually there might come a point how it is with the world cup where we're just going to stop everything we're doing and just play this tournament?
2: I think potentially if it grows, um, you might see something happen in the middle of the season. Um, but it's tough. I mean, uh, Let's just say it. I mean, it's economics, right? It's economics. Um, uh, the way it's being done now, um, I think is is really good. But again, it's 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 difficult because teams all of a sudden don't have their players for two weeks, and then you know, let's say you end the season. Let's say you, the teams that get to the championship, right? I'll give you an example, just just to make it even make it sexier right let's say it's u.s and mexico battling for the for the world title right there's a bunch of players that are not with their teams now and the final is the 20th or 21st and opening day is the 30th so you know it's away from that um if anything i think if if being a part of of uh being the manager for the Mexican team, I may have a little different opinion that if I was a manager for one of the major league teams, I'd be like, Hey, okay, don't, don't take them so long. Is, is if, if I, as, as, as a manager of one of the national teams, I think if we could have, let's say, um, some time with the players with the national team, let's say in January. And even if we say, Hey, no games, just light workouts. Um, I think that would be uh, outstanding. And if, you know, we could even send, um, you know, the videos of what is actually practiced to where we see, but we the players get to, you know, in some cases, get to know each other, it becomes a team, um, or, and give you maybe a couple more, a couple other days. Um, so let's say like this, the, the, for this edition, we report the sixth. We practice the seventh, and then we have two exhibition games. I think it would be awesome if we could get one or two more exhibition games to see our guys and for them to play together. Because in a lot of cases, um, a lot of these players have played against each other, but not necessarily with each other, right? Um, even the even the U.S. right, U.S. they they are, they all know each other, right? By playing against each other, but most of the guys haven't played with with one another actually if anything if that's probably the team that has played most together Because them in japan um uh because they do have national teams but the u s because you know the the u s team is so good that they've probably been teammates on all-star teams right but uh, other teams like canada and 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 mexico and 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 you know uh even the Dominican teams, they might play against each other uh, in the big leagues or in, in winter ball, but they probably haven't played together. A lot of these guys, when they have played together, has been in in the in the WBCs. So, um, but yeah, so I, I just find I think it would be ideal to do it in the middle of the season, but I think it's very very difficult to just stop major league baseball for weeks um, in order to, to get the event. And even if it's every four years, I think it's, 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 it's tough.
1: Um, you mentioned earlier with, uh, uh, Te, uh Juan Walker that, you know, you found out that his mother's Mexican. I think that's one of the interesting things about this, uh, tournament is finding out certain players. Like I remember when I found out Andre ether was going to be playing for the Mexican team and it was like, Andre Ether's mm-hmm. Mexican. Uh, in terms of the recruiting process for you how how much of uh do you convincing do you have to do for these guys because there is that element of playing for your country and that pride that comes along with it but like you mentioned before economics also plays with it i mean do you have to start twisting arms do you start have to start shaming people and saying hey you're not a real mexican if you don't play for us <laughs>
2: No, uh, no, no. Um, and you know what? Uh, thankfully, um, I haven't had to do that. Uh, most, most everybody's been really excited to be a part of the event and to represent Mexico. Um, the ones that that are, that are going to be on our roster, uh, have been really excited. And and because there are rules, right? So one of the things that that I think will be adjusted is, is the rules, um, by which we go by um because i before i was i was named manager i would have conversations with guys and it was presumed that it was a good possibility i'd be the manager because the players when i ran across uh mexican players last year uh just making our rounds during the season they'd be like hey you know are you going to be the manager and i'm like well i don't know yet but hey if i am are you going to play and they're like yeah i want to play but you know what what's what's the deal do you heard anything i'm like i haven't heard anything um but once you're announced once i was announced i can't talk to the guys there's a rule you can't even talk to them um uh so it's like a lot of the guys i haven't had conversations with for a long time since the season because by the rules you're not allowed to talk to them um so it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult. Uh, so, so, to, so wait, to, Benji,
1: if you're not allowed to talk to them, how do you get them to commit to the team? Who, who is allowed to initiate those conversations?
2: So, so like I said, I mean, for me, um, before I was announced, uh, I I thought I was a, a strong candidate and I thought I was one of the guys that was being contemplated. Uh, I talked to as many guys as I could during the season. Um, and just to see if they were interested in, And, and it was, uh, uh, strong, uh, the responses were, were heavily on the side of yes, they wanted to play. Um, the general manager and team manager, um, they can speak to guys because obviously they had some guys that aren't born in Mexico or their parents there are, are, were born in Mexico. There has to be documentation, right? Um, so, that's a way for them to be able to speak to them. So first of all, see if they have interest. We, I think the way it goes is you send in a request to major league baseball saying that you want this player to represent you. The teams have to authorize it. Then it goes to the Players association and so on and so forth. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Is, is so it's, it's, there's some guidelines I think that, that will be adjusted. Um uh, Cause it, it's again, if, if, if the interest is in the, in in the event and the growth, then I think there has to be more availability to speak to the players in order to get the best rosters possible, right? And and you don't want I mean put it this way, if you're an American player and, and, and Mike Trout calls you, you're not gonna you're not, not gonna answer, right? <laughs> so and same thing with Julio. If Julio calls any player from Mexico, you, you're gonna answer. I don't think it should be the player's responsibility in putting um so much on the player to go out and recruit and and convince I think it should be the people that are at the end of the day in charge of the of the national team.
1: So the ru- the names that we see rumored on the internet that are going to play for for a team Mexico we don't know that for sure until you guys release your confirmed roster, right? Yeah.
2: I can go like this, like this, or like that, but I can't tell you. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So so don't believe everything you see on the internet yet, uh, those of you that are for our listeners and our, our viewers. We we haven't closed the deal yet, but I believe rosters will be announced after like the first week of February, right? Ben? yeah,
2: two weeks. I think I think um uh we turn them in the sixth or seventh. And then I think they officially are released to the public. Um, don't hold me to it, but I think maybe the ninth. All right, and so and we're excited putting... to see the rosters for the teams that we're going to face as well, right? To all right. speculation. Like, when I talk to the coaching staff, it's like, okay, well, Columbia can have this guy or that guy or maybe this guy or maybe that guy. Um, so, uh, and again, I i strongly believe that that it, we should just have um a little bit more information as far as that even if if it's a tentative roster um because i'll give you an example like in in my case in our in my whole coaching staff right my whole coaching staff is with an organization and it's not fair um and i think most of them are like this way right but so the the rosters are released on the ninth let's say if i get the information of the ninth then also sudden the co- our coaches are working really hard the ninth through let's say the, the 12th or 13th and then we got to report with our teams and our attention has to be um obviously we're all in with the organization that we're with like I have to dedicate time that I can to the angels right uh and then all of a sudden I'm done with practice and now I got to go and and be all in with with the national team right so um I think if you had access to what even the potential rosters are uh, it's it's, it'd be easier um, for the preparation and more fair for the guys that are with some affiliated team.
1: So there you have it. Be prepared to uh, see great Britain uh, building uh, probably fielding a cricket team out there for all we know. <laughs> so um, Alonzo, what do you got?
0: I uh, I want to ask you two more and then I'll send it over to Juan to end the show how we always do. Mm-hmm. Um similar to, to Taiwan Walker, how did the Austin Barnes thing come about? I had no idea. I mean, I know he's from Riverside, so mm-hmm. so he's got he, he's got he, he knows tacos. So so we're I'm not I'm not concerned about that. Yeah, but how did how, how did that even all come about?
2: So check this out. So uh so Mike Gallegos, which I'm sure you guys know, played in the big leagues 13 years, uh has been a coach in the big leagues uh for gosh, probably another 10 years years um so he was uh our third base coach with the angels and we were talking one day and uh mike's sister uh is austin's mom right and uh he said hey you know what uh austin you know uh might want to play for you uh, when there was still speculation that i might be the, the manager i'm like and i'm like austin's your nephew and then he's like yeah he goes that's uh uh my sister's son and I'm like oh, okay well yeah so when we played the Dodgers I talked to him and uh he was like yes, absolutely I'm all in and he goes in fact I've I've talked to Julio about it because I mean he's Julio's catcher right uh, uh and uh so I was I was very excited to and and whether I was a manager or not the manager I was excited that a player of his caliber uh right and and everything that he's accomplished was that ex- excited to represent Mexico and represent his mom's side of the family. So, um, that's how, that's how that, but he's Mexican by way of his mom, uh, who's Mike Gallego's, uh, sister.
0: We all know that baseball is a small world and that is a complete plot twist that I wasn't expecting, but you know what? It's good for us as Mexicans because we yeah. got, I mean, we got, we got a dude, Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I have to ask you, I mean, I know much to, uh, to a Roger's chagrin about the attire that you're wearing. At the end of the day, we know where your check comes from. Comes from Anaheim. Um, I, I, I just from someone that sees it every day. What's it like being able to see an, a, every day a guy like a unicorn like Shohei Otani? That that dude's special, and, and he's again he's a unicorn. You, you know we we all talk about it. We all hear about it. But I have to ask, what's it like for you from your perspective?
2: Um, I'll put it this way. Um, are you guys football fans?
0: Yes, 80s, Juan is 90s. unfortunately a Raider fan, I'm a Packer fan.
2: Go Raiders! Okay. All right. So I'll give you um how about having Lawrence Taylor uh and Joe Montana be the same person.
0: That's okay. a that's a great analogy. For football.
2: Yeah. Um he's I mean, he doesn't play defense and only because he we you really can't allow him to play defense because he it would just take that much more of a toll. To, for him to be out in the outfield and throwing, you know, trying to throw somebody out. Can, we, can you imagine him getting a, a a fly ball in right field and somebody tagging up and him firing home? Um, I mean, that would be off. Awesome. As agile as he is, as fast as he is, that stride. I mean, it's it's like a gazelle uh, running down uh, fly balls. I mean, it would be awesome. It just it, it would just take so much from him, and especially on the mound, but to see him run the bases just uh, the special thing is to watch him be at first base and there's a hit and he goes first to third and every time he hits a ground ball it's unless it's a ground ball right at the pitcher or first baseman i mean it's 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 an impressive uh sprint right and uh then he gets on the mound and and he has one of the most devastating sliders and split combination um in the major leagues with a fastball that's you know, it could be 95, and then the next one can be 100. So, uh, it, it's you know, you sleep on him, he hit a ground ball the other way, steal a base, and then the next at bat, he hits a ball 460 feet. Uh, it's incredible, man.
0: It, it reminds me a lot of, and, and even the younger guys that listen to us may not fully grasp this when Ichiro came over. When Ichiro came and you kind of saw what that dude was doing, granted he didn't play two positions, but you saw what he could do offensively and defensively. It just didn't make sense. And then you got Shohei out there just in a pedestrian way with devastating stuff, like you said, runs like a gazelle. It doesn't make sense. It reminds me a lot of when Dion played football and then he went and played baseball. And it just, none of that makes sense. I was too young to see like Bo Jackson and those guys, but, but Dion is kind of like that guy that, uh, that, that I think of a lot. When I think of Shohei, because it's just unfair what he can do, but also he's a unicorn. There's just another way to put it, right there. Yeah. There isn't Eric. We talked to Eric Harris a while ago, and he kind of labeled him that, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but it makes perfect sense because you, you, yeah. we probably won't see a two-way guy like that maybe ever.
2: And 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 it's really like like funny you mentioned Dion and 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 Bo. Uh, they're two sports stars, right? Well, this guy's really a two sports star but in the same sport.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right? Because it's really, I mean, you just don't, you don't, you don't see guys that pitch and play. Right? You've seen guys that have done, like Rick and Kale, right? He pitched mm-hmm. and then, you know, he got the thing and he became a, a productive hitter. Or you see guys that start their career in a position, right? And then eventually move, you know, Kensley Jansen was catcher and then he eventually ended up you know, being a, a great reliever for the Dodgers. But to, to to do it at the big league level, it's – he is a Bo Jackson and, and Deion Sanders is just that one – sport. it's just within one sport, right? Um, but like I said, would be like if, if Joe Montana all of a sudden is Ronnie Lott, you know, yeah. plays safety and he's the best – or amongst the best safeties and then he's also amongst the best quarterbacks. It'd be like, what? Uh, You you can't do that. You do that in high school, right? You do that. (laughs) uh, You know, some guys have been good enough to do it maybe in college, but to do it at the big league level with everything it requires uh, to be uh, one of the best on any side of the ball. And this guy is one of the best on both sides of the ball. And, And he has a speed element on top of it. So, um you know, with his, with his legs, it's, 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 it's incredible, man. I mean, I think there was uh, a game It was back-to-back games uh, this past season where he struck out 13 or 12 or 13 one day. Um, And I don't remember how it was, but which day was which. And then the other day, the next day he hits two home runs and drives in eight runs. Uh, It's like, it's crazy. I mean, um, it's incredible to be able to do
0: that. I just appreciate you not bringing in Raider names there because Juan would be yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. Well, you, I'm a Chargers guy,
2: So I, I, oh. I, I, it can't, it, it just doesn't flow, right? Just
0: fair. Flow. That's fair. No, I, I can respect that. I mean, in condolences to your Chargers who unceremoniously, I, I, yeah,
2: we will not talk about the Chargers. I'm, I'm good. I'm, and please, yeah, yeah. In fact, if I see a score of twenty-seven nothing, I just don't want it. I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it.
0: You know what that's called that's called the years of abuse go ahead juanita (laughs)
1: uh so uh benji we're gonna end the show the way we always end the show (laughs) we we refer to our show as the carne asada because you just come we hang out and we talk so uh we're gonna end it with our kickback questions so these are rapid fire questions first question uh what are we gonna hear more in the um team mexico locker room chente or banda music I B- Banda? You're going to hear more Banda? I I think it's more popular
2: with with the with the the younger players. So yeah, I think in the co- in the coaches room, probably gente, in, in the clubhouse, Banda.
0: Banda right. Mesa, right? I assume like Banda Messi stuff like that and with the kids, yeah.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Lucha Libre or WWF? Lucha Libre, man. Mil Máscaras. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're more of a Mil Máscaras as opposed to Blue Demon.
2: Oh no, Mil Máscaras is
1: my guy, man. I got,
2: I got, <laughs> I got his mascara right here in my, uh,
1: in my closet. Oh really? So you're not ashamed yeah. to admit that you're a wrestling fan, then, Benji. Oh man, I used to go right there, uh, Auditorio in Tijuana. Uh-huh.
2: I got to see him live about two times.
1: So what was crazier, the stuff going in the ring or the stuff going out in the stands when you would go to those wrestling events?
2: (laughs) Probably in the stands, but I I try to keep my eyes on the wrestlers.
1: (laughs) All right. And last one, because you were born in Tijuana, raised in Chula Vista, so I'm assuming you're a a border kid, right? What is your favorite taco, and where do you go to get that taco? Oh, man, Tacos El Gordo and TJ. And what,
2: what's and, the protein and, and, that you're... Oh, oh uh, I'll tell you what. I, I like uh, cabeza. Uh, obviously, carne asada. You have to do carne asada. I mean, mm-hmm. and and I don't care what anybody says. Best tacos in the world are in TJ. I know that the, the people from Mexico City say Mexico City, Sinaloa. Best tacos, TJ, no comparison.
1: So I know it's hard to sit here because we, we talked to the guys from LA, right? And it's like... If we mention TJ, it's like cheating because it's like, of course, none of the tacos here in the States are going to compare to the tacos in TJ. But last year in Orange County, I mean, are there any places in Orange County where you can get good tacos? Yeah, you know what? Um, gosh, I had to apologize.
2: I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but um, actually pretty pretty close to the stadium. Um, it was about a month left. Uh, man, in fact, Manly Campo, who's our, our bullpen coach, uh, with the Angels, uh, and and actually going to be the bullpen coach as well. I didn't mention him earlier uh, on the national team. Uh, um, we went to this taco shop. Man, incredible. Tacos al pastor, they were awesome. Um, carne asada uh, was really good. They just didn't have the tacos de cabeza and tacos de, de buche, and carnitas. So
1: it was, didn't have the variety like you do in TJ. There, we, there you have it, Alonzo. Take it home.
0: There it is. Uh, one last thing before we set you loose. When you, your time in Calgary with the famed Calgary Cannons, were you able to acquire <laughs> tacos while you were in Calgary?
2: No tacos. Oh, actually, you know what? They actually, um, I did eat tacos. They weren't that that good because they had <laughs> a, uh, they, yeah, they uh, they actually had, um, a place in Calgary. I don't know if it's still there anymore called Senor Frogs. Like. The one in Mazatlán. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there a few times and they had tacos, but I mean it was late night. It's a bar and I mean it was it was better than nothing, right? But uh, that's true. But yeah, I mean... no, I, I'm not flying to Calgary anytime soon to go
1: eat tacos. <laughs> did, they, did they put maple syrup on their tacos over there? <laughs> that I
0: mean, was actually
2: going to be my question. <laughs> no, but they put that on the churros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. See and, and what that helps with is since we're wrestling fans, you got to build up the promo for the rivalry with the Canadians. So suck on that, Canada! Your tacos are trash. That came from Benja Gill. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean,
2: mil máscaras, dude. Mil máscaras is, is 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 it, man? Rey Mysterio. I mean, Santos, Blue Demon. Yeah,
1: just so many. There you have dude, it.
0: Guerrero. I mean, there, there's guys that yeah. came out of there. Yeah, oh yeah, all those guys. Uh, by, by the
1: way, I'm bringing my side to the stadium when Mexico plays Canada and it's going to say Canadian tacos suck
0: because <laughs> they just have maple syrup in them. Take that. Yeah. Uh, Benjigu, uh manager for the Mexican national team. We really appreciate the time. Uh, good luck. Obviously, we'll be wearing, you know, in El Palenque, we'll be wearing our jerseys and, and doing the thing and obviously inciting violence with the Canadians off the record, we, we, you know, whatever. But uh, but thank you for the time man. we appreciate it. And, and most importantly, go Mexico.
2: That's right. Sí, Viva Mexico.
0: Viva Mexico. Thank you, Benji. Thank you. And there you have it. Benji Gill. Huge thanks to him for stopping by uh, again. Go check out the WBC. We talk about it a lot on this show, even when it isn't WBC season. So please, please, please check it out. That first game against the uh, between, – I'm sorry, not the first game, but that first series of games, one of them is the USA versus Mexico. That game is going to be lit, as the kids would say. So I highly suggest check it out. And if you can get out to a game, the group uh, group that Mexico's in, they are playing in Phoenix. So if you can get out to a game, I highly suggest going – I unfortunately won't be able to go due to, you know, this adult responsibility thing called work, but that doesn't mean you cannot. So go check it out. Huge thanks to Benji Gill for stopping by. This week's episode was presented by BetOnline. If you head on over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code, which is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting the episode. As always, thank you for the support. If you're not follow, like, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. All of our social media handles, or uh, you can find them wherever you're on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you find the content. Please give us all a follow. With that, and again, with that, we'll call it a day. Thank you again. Have a good night, and we will catch you down the road.